everyone. This is the Hockey Flow, and I'm pleased to share with Adam Boucher and Marco D'Amico, who you both can find on Twitter. Adam can be found at really Adam B, and Marco can be found at MN D'Amico, that's M-N-D-A-M-I-C-O, on Twitter. And of course, you can find all of his great work at Montreal Hockey Now. I'm Adrian Cordero. Let's get into the show today, and let's start off with Jordan Harris signing a two-year ELC. Marco, what do people need to know about this action? Uh, Jordan Harris was set to become an unrestricted free agent before the 15th of, Oct- of August. Um, he was a Montreal Canadiens third-round pick in 2018, one of the best defensemen currently in the NCAA. Uh, and he chose to sign with his roommate's father, uh, Riley Hughes being his roommate, his father being Kent Hughes, general manager of the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, so you could see where the familiarity is right there and then. Um, is a big get for the Montreal Canadiens because he's a very much a, he's very much a new age defenseman, and he's going to allow them to play that speed and puck possession style that uh, Kent Hughes, Jeff Gordon, and Martin Saint Louis have been talking about for the last couple of months now. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see what uh, what happens next year with the, the Habs' blue line because we're seeing, uh, you know, in recent games, uh, even this season, we're seeing Romanov playing better and better and getting more ice time under St. Louis. So uh, whether Harris plays maybe next year right off the bat and gets minutes or maybe more in Laval, uh, if it's, it's definitely a different turn for, for the organization and on, on the D side. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, he's throwing Justin Barron into that mix as well. And then Caden Gooley turns pro next year. And you also have Ar- Arbor Sekaj, uh, who will be turning pro as well. I mean, there's a lot of questions. I mean, a lot, there's even questions right now as to his teammate in Northeastern, Jaden Strugel. So, uh, you know, one step at a time, but I think that this is, this is a really big get for the Montreal Canadiens. And, you know, like Jordan Harris said today, it was never really in doubt. Um, and his plan was always to come to Montreal. So kudos to him on calling a shot. Uh, not many people, uh, not many kids his age have that kind of maturity. Let's talk about the injury list, which is starting to stack up with upper body injuries and lower body injuries. We'll start off with Drew with the upper body and also Petrie out indefinitely with a lower body injury. Adam, what do people need to know? Yeah, so I, I just mentioned that basically the Habs, the decor just completely doing a 180. We, we have no Petrie for probably the rest of the season. Uh, look, at this point, he's probably going to be gone during the off season. Uh, as for Drouin, I mean, I'm sure Mark was going to add on to that, but just the guy can't catch a break. When healthy, he's one of the most talented players on this roster, but he just cannot seem to play more than 40, 50 games a season. So just unfortunate for Dwayne. I don't know if we've seen the last of, of, of his performances in the Habs uniform, but I don't know where we're going from here. I mean, Joy is at this point. It's it's he's injured both his wrists, and both his wrists have either required surgery or close to it. And without those wrists, he really can't do much. Um, so we're gonna have to see what comes of it. Um, for me, I think it it becomes quick. Um, you know, it has to be a turnaround for him and. I just don't see it. I really don't. I think it's three years in a row now that he's either had a major injury or something that's kept him out or, you know, it just, it just doesn't work, uh, you know, for him. So we'll see what happens when it comes to Jeff Petrie. I mean, we still don't know the extent of it with Drew. We know it's his, his wrist and we know that he's looking for a second opinion or else it will require surgery. So day to day, still evaluation when it comes to Petrie and 
probably learn more about it uh, when the Canadians come back from their road trip. What we're also learning about is Justin Barron. The Halifax native had his first game versus the New Jersey Devils with three shots, one hit, and a 17.55 ice time. Lots of good positive signs there, right, Marco? Um, yeah, I mean, just, I mean, yeah, Justin Barron is not NHL ready. I think anybody can agree with that. Um, he's done what he's had to do, um, you know, in the lineup for the Montreal Canadiens. He clearly still looks nervous. He's still trying. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be about him getting used to the pace of the NHL and being quicker on his feet. Uh, Cause right now it looks like he's pulling bricks unless he's on the other side of the offensive blue line, in which case he suddenly develops this incredible speed uh, in the offensive zone to get to loose pucks, but he needs to be a little bit more active. And this is something his former coach, Greg Cronin told me uh, a couple uh, about a week ago uh, is that he's just got to be quicker on his feet. And I think it's very evident to anybody who's looking at him, but he's 20 years old. Uh, Just the fact that he's able to play somewhat adequately in the NHL at 20 years old is something to be said. So, um, you know, it just goes to show you, you got to be patient. Some defensemen like maybe Jordan Harris are going to be ready before him. And that's totally okay. He is two years older. Um, so it, it, that's what it's going to be. And at the end of the day, that's a great thing for the Montreal Canadiens to have the, all these options on defense, because there was a, there was a, how do we say there was a time in the not so distant past where they were really kind of stuck. So good for them. And hopefully Jordan Barron has himself a good next couple of games and then finds himself in Laval and joins him for a long playoff push. Yeah. And, and Barron's, like you said, he's hundred percent. He's not ready for the NHL, but he did show yesterday, like glimpse of his talent. And look, it's, it's not for no reason that they was ranked uh, number one prospect for Colorado. Like, He's going to be a good defenseman. He's showing the talent he has. And I, I feel like a year in Laval is probably going to do him well. And yeah, if it's any indication, he's going to be a great defenseman for the Montreal Canadiens. Speaking of indications, let's talk about Martin St. Louis and Ken Hughes, because as it turns out, he was speaking to a local radio outlet here in Montreal, and he talked about wanting to remove the interim tag from St. Louis and keep him long-term with the Habs. Uh, Adam, what do we think about this? Well, I think it's 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 the move to do for for Hughes, right? Like you have a guy that gels well with with those younger players, and you're just starting this this rebuild for the Montreal Canadiens. So I feel like keeping Saint Louis uh, in a coaching role is just going to help those young players develop, and who knows, maybe they'll surprise early in that rebuild. But uh, I, I think he's a guy for now in Montreal. Yeah, I don't think it's on Ken Hughes. Uh, anymore. I think it's on Martin St. Louis. So we'll figure out what Martin St. Louis wants to do at the end of the season. And I think that'll determine whether or not the interim tag is removed. And speaking of the end of the season, the Habs were officially eliminated from any playoff contention hopes. So that's officially that's over. And the tank is officially on with these things going on. I think the question is what's next for Montreal. So I'll throw that over to you, Marco. What's next? Just ending out the season. Uh, playing, playing the kids as much as you can evaluate, uh, and kind of position yourself for next year and continue to build that new culture and that momentum. Yeah. And, and hopefully we see, uh, you know, we have this, this whole new management staff. We have this new scouting department. We have all this new, new in Montreal. So hopefully the draft, uh, delivers this year. And, and that's basically what we, we have to look forward to now. 
Let's turn our attention away from the Habs and look to the rest of the league. And let's start off with the three stars of the week, with Talbot leading those three stars, also wild. Uh, we had the Flames, uh, Johnny Gaudreau, and of course, uh, Drysaddle of the Oilers earning those honors. Lots of good things to take away from that week, but I'll throw it over to you, Adam. What do people need to know? Well, they need to know that Talbot was was number one in, in those three stars, and I think he's going to be the key to basically Minnesota going deep in, in, in the playoffs, right? They're, they're, I feel like now they're, they're built to basically go on a run, and we saw them struggle earlier, uh, well, more recently. Uh, look, if they're going to make it through a couple playoff rounds and maybe even get the, I don't know, conference finals or even the final, uh, it's going to depend on their goaltending. So uh, they added Flurry in case of, of, of need of backup, but I feel like Talbot is just back to the Talbot that brought basically Minnesota to playoffs last season. So, uh, that and also Johnny Godreau, uh, who was rumored to maybe be traded this this year, but he's just having a monster year for Calgary and and Calgary also a contender in the in the West. So uh, that's basically those three stars. I mean, when it comes to Cam Talbot, it's pretty hilarious considering that the Minnesota Wild give up, uh, you know, the equivalent of almost a first round pick. Could be a first round pick depending on how far Minnesota goes in the playoffs. For Marc Andre Fleury as depth. Meanwhile, they have Cam Talbot that's you know heating it up right now. So it is boding well for them from a defensive standpoint. And then you look at the Calgary Flames, and I mean the Calgary Flames have been on fire, pun intended, since basically January. Um, and what can we say? I mean, they've just put everything out there, and Johnny Gaudreau's at the top of that, and he's now top five, if not top three. It changes so quickly uh, in the NHL this, these days, but he's now firmly cemented himself in the race for the Art Ross. So, I mean, Johnny Gaudreau is an unrestricted free agent and the man is going to get paid. And speaking of getting paid, let's talk about the so-called Kucherov rule that the league is looking at implementing, basically a playoff salary cap to prevent what happened with the Tampa Bay Lightning and uh, us in Montreal have very familiar and fresh memories of these moments. In any case, I'll throw it over to you, Marco. You are the salary cap expert. Do you think this is a possibility, a shot, and more importantly, is it viable? It's not a question of if, it's a question of when. Um, mainly because this is this is a CBA issue, as the NHL has pointed out. So this is something that needs to be negotiated with the NHLPA and the NHL. And honestly, you know, for the good of the game, that it be, and like, you can do a 23-man roster salary cap limit. Like that would be the fairest way to do it without jeopardizing the salary or the livelihood of players that are on LTIR. That's the way I see it because you're going to have to protect the players here. So the best way to do that is to not penalize the team for having players on LTIR uh, that are unavailable for the game, but to solely restrict the salary that is allowed on the roster. And I think that would change everything because that you have 18 million LTIR doesn't serve you squat if you're over the cap on your 23 man roster. So it's, that, I think, is where the compromise can be found, but it won't be found until the CBA uh, is ratified uh, or, or rediscussed again, uh, I believe, in 2026. We have a few upcoming games. We have Thursday night at Carolina. We have Saturday versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. And Tuesday, we are facing off against the Ottawa Senators back at the Bell Center. I'll throw it over to you, Marco. Any final thoughts before we tag up for the show? Yeah, it should be pretty exciting. Uh, I mean, Carolina is always a heated... Uh, is always a heated contest. And then, of course, 
you know, you, you look to the weekend, uh, you know, some big games as well. Um, the best, the, the thing that I would tend to tell fans to look out for again is going to be the Jordan Harris watch. At what point will we see the Canadians insert Jordan Harris into their lineup? So something to keep an eye on uh, and something that Montreal hockey now will be addressing in the next 24 hours. Yeah. And, and like we mentioned, we're, there's no playoffs anymore. It's, it's basically looking forward to, to the draft, but as I mentioned earlier, those those young players just look like they they've, they're playing better and better, and it's it's interest, interesting to see. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing if if maybe Baron gets another game, uh, how Romanov continues his, his development and, and just playing it basically number one minutes for the Habs. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm looking forward in the next couple of games. And with that, folks, that brings us to the conclusion of this week's episode of The Hockey Flow. Again, I'm pleased to share it with Adam Boucher and Marco D'Amico, both of which you can find on Twitter. Adding can be found at really Adam B. And Mark can be found at MN D'Amico, that's M-N-D-A-M-I-C-O, on Twitter. And, of course, all of his work at Montreal Hockey Now. I'm AJ Cordero. We'll catch you all next week. Cheers. Cheers.